Hi, uh, it's Chris Gabriel here. Welcome to uh, another edition of Sapphire Tech and Waffle, uh, our podcast series where we talk to some of the leading lights, some of the leading thinkers, um, and hopefully uh, some thoroughly nice people uh, over lunch, brunch. Uh, we haven't done dinner yet, uh, so we're having brunch uh, today. Um, uh, and I am absolutely thrilled to welcome two of my favourite colleagues, uh, Helene Hayes and Janice Fair, um, to uh, talk to me on this edition. And we are waffling um, all about, well, I think we're waffling about ESG, um, and uh, we're going to talk about sustainability, but I think we're also going to talk um, uh, around society uh, and uh, what our two guests are seeing, what they think, um, and more importantly, what they're doing uh, and wh where their passions lie in this incredibly uh, interesting subject. So both of you, welcome to uh, Tech and Waffle. Well, thanks ever so much, Chris. I bet you say that about all your guests, your favourites. Uh, no, actually, I, I do actually, Jan, uh, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll edit that bit out. Um, so um, before we dive in, obviously, Tech and Waffle. Um, uh, now, we, we, uh, we're doing this virtually um, uh, because, uh, Helene, you are, um, well, you can explain where you are in a second. Um, so I'm going to go first with what I'm eating. Um, and I've gone all fancy today. I've gone scrambled eggs, smoked salmon, uh, and avocado, which is, is, is all glitzy, but I'm sure you can both uh, beat me. So, um, uh, Jan, did you want to go first? Well, I've got an acai bowl, which I definitely think beats you in terms of being just ridiculously fancy. So acai is a, is a, is a berry from South America and they make it into a kind of paste and then they put lovely fruit on top of it and it's got seeds and nuts and it's absolutely delicious and I'm starving. So I can't wait for us to start. Well, I've got to say, that's one of the biggest portions I've seen on Tech and Waffle so far. So you, you might be here for a while. We've only got 20 minutes, Jan, so you have to eat quickly. And Helene, you... <laughs> Helene, uh, um, you, you, your um, your food, but also where you are. Um, yeah, uh, certainly. Give us the, give us the story because it's uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm actually on Anglesey in my caravan, as you probably noticed. Uh, well, you wouldn't notice because it's on radio. So for ones of you watching, <laughs> the red one is behind the black. Yeah. So just uh, to let you know that I'm in a caravan and I've actually done a barbecue this morning, even though it's blowing a gale. We're in North Wales on Anglesey uh, and I've done a barbecue outside. Fortunately, it wasn't raining for once, but it is windy. So this is my bacon sandwich. The bacon is sourced locally, uh, grown three miles away from where I'm sitting. Uh, so it's uh, my my sort of sustainability bit on the food and everything is the food mileage. I've not actually had to go far to pick it up. So that's fantastic. Well, I was going to say, if you're on Anglesey, if the red arrows go over at any point, we we all uh, we won't we won't all get we won't all get worried. Uh, so um, let's let's dive in as we eat. Um, oh great! So, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna open. Uh, I've, I've and I've uh, I gave you a sight of some of the questions, but I've changed them around a little bit just to confuse you and keep it um, a little bit uh, lively. Um, so a little opening from me, um, and I think we're in an interesting time to talk about um, ESG. Um, you know, in the in, in the UK. So many people are sitting at home now facing, um, well, a winter energy crisis, but feels like a never-ending uh, energy crisis. We've got people hanging from bridges, uh, blocking the uh, blocking the M25. Um, we've got children um, who we know have fallen behind at school um, or fallen into poverty uh, over the last few years through through lockdowns, um, and a whole bunch of other things going on. Right, so so in a way, there's probably never been a more important time to talk about. Let, you know this thing called um, ESG. We're not going to do the G bit. We're just going to do the E and the S bit um, uh, today. Um, so, 
I guess a good a good opening point before we get into that detail is could you just give me um, two minutes uh, about yourselves, um, where you, your careers, anything interesting um, that that really um, would um, give the listeners um, a little bit of your personality, but also you know, a little bit of your passion and where 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 that, where that lies. So, uh, Jan, did you want to go first? Sure, absolutely. So. I'm Janice. I'm head of ESG and responsible business at Sapphire ESG Environment, Social and Governance. And I worked at Sapphire. I've worked at Sapphire for 16 years. Part of that was part time because I was doing stand up comedy as well. I loved it. I've always volunteered. I think that's why um, Ian that long, long ago asked me to uh, head up their responsible business side. Um, I love volunteering. I have to say, I was trying to think about this today. What's my, where's my passion for it come from? And I think I learned a lot from volunteering. I remember volunteering for Hackney, um, a Hackney homeless charity where I, meet, I was meeting people that were like running the treasury. And it's so exciting. But I was also uh, running a, a rotary, rotor, uh, I was running 80 people. Like there was 80 people involved in the, in the charity. And it really taught me so much. I've learned so much about people, about organizing things. And uh, so I feel like re- volunteering is really where my passion is and where I try to encourage people to to to, um, to, to, to take part in it as far as Sapphire is concerned. So this year, we've had people beach clean in LA, food banks in Florida, working with kids in New York, working with animals in Nashville, wrapping presents in Chicago, uh, keeping a homeless charity open in um, London and faggoting in Stroud. So that's um, my little bit. Fantastic, Jan. And there's two, well, I guess two, two quick responses to that, I guess, is First of all, you actually found someone who works in the treasury, which at this moment in time, uh, I'm not sure what, that, what the hell they're all doing in there. Um, and then secondly, um, and secondly, your uh, your stand up um, uh, routine, which um, I, I believe oh, yeah. you probably can't do uh, on, uh, no. uh, on the show today. Um, no, but it's it's interesting because it's it's uh, well, it's all filth. That's absolutely true. But it was conf- <laughs> um, it was it was it's um it it was confessional a lot of my keep your confessions till the end you you, you can you can sign off with a couple of confessions so Helene, <laughs> do you want to um could you give us a little bit of sense of your career and, and your passions oh yeah uh well to be honest i started uh being involved with the environment in 1966 uh, i'd like to say that i wasn't born then but unfortunately i was 11 <laughs> years old um I was part of an environmental group at school and to be honest all my life until I've actually joined Sapphire recently um, I've been working in things like accountancy then I got into IT very early on um, as soon as I joined accountancy really uh, being the IT manager on sites with customers um, and then I uh, later became full-time IT professional, uh, putting in solutions for customers, um, developing solutions, never programmed, but actually working on specs. And then, you know, joined the SAP world, you know, to cut a long story short, in uh, about 2012, joined Sapphire recently, uh, but I've been working with By Design since 2012. Uh, and looking after customers in that arena in different guises. Um, but all through that time, I've been passionate about the environment. When I joined Sapphire, it was like an epiphany. Even before we fully merged, I was involved with the green team, with Janice. And, uh, you know, I could see what marvellous things Sapphire were doing. And they really meant it. And that that means so much to me. Um 
for once, I wasn't being trapped like the idiot in the corner who had goofy ideas. Uh, I've never been an eco-guru. I actually felt that the worst damage that was ever done to the environmental status or anybody caring about the environment was to call it global warming. Because everybody mm, thought yeah. we're suddenly going to be in the med and it's going to be Mediterranean temperatures without having to leave uh, sunny old England and everything will be wonderful. But from a very young age, I knew that climate change would mean that our climate would become actually cooler and the effect mm. of climate change would be to reduce the temperatures, to make things murky and dirty and miserable uh, and a mm. lot less sunshine. And, you know, I understood yeah, yeah, that. I was going to say, Helene, without being, um, without being slightly thing, I'm, I'm a Welshman, I can say this, that's just living on Anglesey. Um, <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, so, so, well, actually, Helene, let me, let me um, so, so let's get into a bit of detail. So um, going back to your point there, right? So if you've, you've been engaged emotionally, personally, and then professionally um, in, um, in, you know, kind of the, the environmental uh, agenda uh, for, for 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 a long time now. Um, if we, we bring it up to date now, right? So 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 let's just think about and if you could give us a view of what you're doing, not what you're doing today, but but you know the advancement in technology has been uh, unbelievable in 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 the last couple of decades, right? Yeah, um, super. And we're at a point now where um, and it, you just said it, I think, which is you know it, the, the, the opaqueness of that to people. Um, in, in your day-to-day life, you very rarely see it. But obviously, from a from a company perspective, from a from a corporate perspective, from a supply chain perspective, from a regulation perspective, and how you see um, uh, companies dealing with um, uh, the reality of of, of uh, the environmental, uh, I guess, let's be honest, the regulation that, that they sit under, whether it's an obligation or a regulation, is what, what have you been doing recently? What have you been seeing um, in terms of the tech? Oh, and then in terms of the companies that you've been you've been working with, yeah, I mean that's superb. I mean, some of our customers are exemplars in the field in that uh, I fully believe that the solution to any problems we've got as a as an environment as a as a world will be solved by commerce, and yeah. people will have to make money out of this for them to be engaged. So, yeah. you know, I don't care what anybody says. They have to, it has to become more profitable to do the right thing and actually not waste as much because I think it's all down fundamentally to waste. Yes, uh, SAP are working leaps and bounds and other partners we work with providing solutions for people to track this carbon output and there's sustain, you know, to become more sustainable in what they're doing. Because it's all right saying to people, you must do this, must do that, must do the other. They've got to have a way of reporting that. It's got to be transparent. It's got to mm. be auditable for it to actually mean anything. Otherwise, it's just greenwashing. And what then happens is you've got a situation where people just badge the fact that they're sustainable, but they're not really doing anything. So I'm really... In talking to customers and whether I'm engaging to them, and, and and they are, to be honest, they're so energised about the whole concept themselves and they want it to work. So what they're actually looking for is ways of actually measuring that. And with SAP with the PFM COP solution now that can be connected to any 
system, whatever it be, SAP or not. Go on, Helene, go on, explain what that acronym means to everybody. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Product footprint management for clean operations. Sorry, PFM Corp. I'm, I'm in the SAP world too much these days. Uh, but I've, so, yeah, so that's... Yeah, so I was say, well, what does that mean to a... Con- so if I'm a consumer at the end of... Uh, I'm, I'm walking into a supermarket or I'm buying a, whatever it may be, mm. what, what does that... What does that mean to me? Yeah, in terms that equates of, um, to the fact that people are getting closer to the ability to be able to see the carbon footprint of everything they buy. So that is what yeah. everybody's aiming for. And not only that, to actually keep reducing that. Uh, I mean, in my discussions with SAP about it, uh, it's not just what showing what it is now. It's actually showing progression. So it's allowing people to to do a sort of a modelling session on, right, if I actually change this raw material, what impact will that have? Because obviously there's other impacts. You've got to think about the transport costs of moving these materials around, you know, so there's other sides of it, you know. Um, and that people talk about the just tran- the just, just transition as well, yeah. isn't it? It's not just the carbon, it's it's how it's affecting the people too. It is. And that you, you're and dead right, Janice, and that, that's, that is the big case. Um, and, and this, t- to be honest, my feel now and what I'm actually after with everything is the circular economy. And that is cutting waste and making sure that we use every little bit of what we make. And the other thing I I haven't mentioned that that is something brilliant that customers are now able to achieve. In my life working with ERP, which is 45 years now, I've never seen a scenario where it's so easy to actually literally make things just in time. It's always been a mantra, hasn't it? Just in time production. And but but people can really make to order and make sure that everything they make is going to be used. Cut this waste to stop it going into landfill. You know. Yeah, and 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 and, and it's it's um it's really interesting. Right? I've, I've, uh, <laughs> um, I, I think one of the it was clearly one of the greatest inventions in the home for the last um uh you know whatever it was generation is probably the refrigerator right mm. um but from an environmental perspective it's probably been the worst um because it keeps things longer um but you chuck i mean i i'm i'm really focused on that waste mm. um n- not only from the environment but i think we've just seen now I've, I've i've got an energy meter in my house which is only a few months in um and actually i've just had the uh, the new bill uh, the new direct debit payment and actually it's gone down uh, so instead of going up, it's gone down because I can see I can see what I'm using. I can see what my kids are using. I can go around and turn things off. Um, so that visibility, that transparency of usage, um, I think is is really fundamental. I think in terms of you know supply chain, when I'm walking around that supermarket or whatever, I'm choosing any product, being able to to be able to see and validate and verify and not have a greenwash view of it, I think is 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 super important. Jan, from from from, so it's really interesting. So. Um, so, Jan, obviously, we, 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 you know, we, we're going to have a, a cleaner, um, we hope, um, environment. And, and one of your, you know, and obviously I've known you for a little bit now, um, is, you know, the other aspect of, of the future, um, uh, you know, environment, but it's also skills, it's, 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 it's society, it's children, it's volunteering. Um, you know, you, you've got an amazing passion for that, which I've seen on a number of occasions when I've been one of your eager volunteers uh, being sent out by you to do things uh, willingly. Um, 
can you just talk about some of those um some of those things that you that, that you've done and i've been involved in a couple um uh, around um you know trying to figure out how we um encourage you know the societal aspect of, of esg um and, and and the difference that can make and the impact that has on on people in their lives yeah well actually you've had a huge influence on me with, with this chris as well because um you're the kind of you've always said to me so i go out and try to organize my little volunteer opportunities and sometimes you can, i can be a bit defeatist and think, oh, you know, any if I approach a school now, they'll ask me to pay fifty pounds per person who volunteers, and there'll be something that they don't particularly want to happen. And you said to me, why don't you just go and talk to the school, Janice, and see if they wanted us to do anything for our marketing team to go and do something? And indeed, they did want us to do something, and five of us rocked up. They had a locked part of their playground and we cleaned it up and now it's open for the kids. And it really opened my mind to like, I, I'd really, that for what, if somebody took one thing away from this from me, from me would be, it's empowering. We should be all getting out there and just ask, look around, what can you do to help the people around you and your communities? But I think uh, from Safra point of view, we've been really proactive on that with your um, Brighter Future initiative with schools where we go, what sort of the skills that we've got? We've got automation, we've got these skills that are so important for the future. It's absolutely how we're going to skill up our kids. And you've run um, workshops for primary schools. Mark run exceptional uh, workshops for secondary schools, which is now being expanded again, Chris. I don't know if you've been involved in these kind of conversations, but we're having the kids in again in November, the secondary school kids. It's going to be very... Um, it's le- leaning on automation, but we've got a now we've got a, a contact with a school that's really ahead on robot robotics, and they send their kids to uh, get awards across the globe with, with with robotics. So it's quite interesting. Once you start down that uh, path of of just reaching out, seeing what you can do for your community, before you know it, you've got a network of people that might really influence the way kids are in the future. Yeah, and 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 Jan, I I, I I take absolutely no credit for any of that stuff because, um, as my wife says, I have a hundred ideas a day, and ninety nine <laughs> of them are rubbish, um, uh, and one of them's all right. But the point is, is you know, I, I've seen um, the things that you encourage our teams around the world to do, right? Not just in the UK, um, but literally, uh, literally around the world. Um, and I think it's you know, it's one of those things, right? If we end up with a a cleaner environment but our kids of the future don't have jobs, don't have mm. opportunity, then, you know, that's, we, we've got a cleaner environment, but we've, we, you know, we've got to create prosperity, mm. uh, opportunity. And what's fascinating for me, and certainly w- when I, I sat in a little bit on the, uh, the, the workshop that we ran for the, um, uh, f- for the secondary school um, uh, kids in the academy, um, was first of all, they, you know, clearly were enthused. They were incredibly um, uh, enthusiastic about um, the tech. They were really interested in the ethics of, of the tech. So it wasn't just a, so, I mean, I think Mark got battered about the ethics of automation and what that would do to, to society. But the, 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 the key thing for me is they all wanted to um, uh, figure out how they could, they could advance their careers and work in, in tech, right? So, you know that that societal impact that you have, and whether it's you know the homeless chance. But so I just want to, sorry, sorry, and, and, and just want to give examples of things that you that you've done. But I think it's the 
Um, I think the two aspects of environment and social are so fundamentally important in, in, in how they, they, they interlock. Yeah. Um, Can I, so I to interrupt you for a second. Well, I think our, what we're doing in Lebanon is a great example of that, how we're raising yeah. funds to put solar panels on a school in Lebanon, which is, it is quite, it, yeah, it sort of encompasses it all, doesn't it? But we're so privileged. I think people have to understand how lucky we are, how privileged we are. And we can, we can share that privilege with other people. Yeah, and, and and Helene, back to you. So let's take skills. I think it's really interesting what you said, um, uh, Helene. Because I've got to say, um, I am, I am not worried, but I, I do get concerned about the the narrative that's on going on. And I don't know whether it's just in the UK or whether it's around the world. My sense is it might be a little bit around the world, right? Um, we seem to have polarised this debate around. Well, whether whenever it is, the world is polarized, right? So environment is polarized, uh, society, social is polarized, right? We've got people who say the world's going to end in five years, um, uh, and and other people going, it's a load of bunkum, it's not changing at all, right? And actually, the truth is fundamentally somewhere in the middle of those two points, right? But I think that never hits the TV screens, it never hits the debate, um, and, and one of the things for me when we talk about green jobs and 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 where where opportunity lies, I think in terms of the stuff that you're you're doing now in in terms of ERP, you know, who who gets excited about ERP? Obviously, we do. But the point is, this new opportunity for new jobs in environmental uh, jobs, sustainability jobs, but in in areas like ERP, I think is really really interesting, isn't it? Right? There are hundred, you know, every business has one of a certain size. Um, where's the opportunity to go and help businesses become green and more sustainable? Um, and then take that and provide that to society. So do you, do you, are we missing a few tricks or do you think there's jobs of the skills of the future that when Jan, we get some, in fact, here we go, when we get the the, the eight, nine-year-olds in for Christmas, right? Um, uh, you know, where, where where could they get excited about what, what do you think they could be doing in the next 10, 15 years in terms of careers, in terms of in, in, the, in the world that you, you, you live in and see? Well, I think it's because, I mean, I, I have always believed that people matter, people drive it, people back commerce and commerce only is successful if people are satisfied and people are actually able to survive. So I think that the, the whole point is that as people begin to feel that they can all make a positive difference for change and we're not just destroying the world and with, with you know, companies that we work with like Benjamin and uh, yeah, Briggs and Burton yeah. who are actually doing the methane and the carbon capture you know carbon di dioxide with brilliant companies um, and helping everybody succeed and we don't have to see it a negative that people make money People have to make money to exist, to survive. It's it's a way of our life, but I've always had the people at the centre of it. Yeah, I, I, say, I, I, I think I'm proud to say, but you've just probably disavowed me of this thought, that I um, commissioned the first research into IT and the impact on the environment in uh, 2007, and, and a report was launched um, uh, at the House of Commons, um, and we called it the inefficient truth, right? Um uh, because, you know, if I look at my house, right, food waste, energy waste, I mean, go back to making money. It Actually, by being efficient, I, I don't make money, but I do make money because I'm not giving it away that I don't need to, right? So when I don't throw food in the bin, when I don't leave lights on that I don't need on, you know, when I, um, uh, you know, when I, um, uh, I, I do circular economy stuff, um, I am 
the biggest, um, my, my kids are getting fed up with me now, but going and doing the food waste in the supermarkets at the end of the day where you can book it on your app and pick up um, uh, some great stuff. I am, I've gone a bit haywire over the, the, the thing. I had, um, I'm pleased that I got, I got 28 quid a Waitrose uh, sushi for, uh, for, for 10 quid a couple of weeks ago, right? But the point is, we had a fantastic tea. It didn't go in the bin. Um, and I, I got, I got a bargain, uh, we had lovely sushi for tea, but it didn't go in the bin. Right. So there's nothing wrong in any of that. Right. It's all, it's all, it's all positive. Um, so I, I know we, we've got a couple of, we've got a couple of, um, a couple of minutes left. Um, so, um, we're going to talk about greenwash, but, um, uh, let, let's get onto a positive thing, right? Because I, I think, um, you've both taken the view of, um, of, of let's talk about the positives next lot go and beat people up so much. Um, so what do you both think in the next 12 months um, uh, you think will be the real, um, uh, not game changers, but the things that you think are going to move us forward um, in your specific areas, do you think over the next 12, 18, 24 months, right? It doesn't have to be a specific time period, but there are a couple of things top of mind that you both in this ESG world that you think are going to be the big things. Helene, do you want to go first? Um well, I'm not sure whether legislation in uh, the UK will change enough, but I, I honestly think that legislation in Europe will mean that it will be more profitable for companies to actually take the green route and actually the sustainable route and really think about that circular economy. I think that is going to come more to the forefront. This cutting waste, that's essential and you know we've got to stop squandering resources that that's my comment and i honestly think that legislation in europe and this is coming down from sap as well they were close on this um they're actually working towards this so legislation will force people but by doing that it actually gives them a reason that they have to do it so i think there'll be a bigger move towards uh, being able to measure it properly and that's the thing just with me then because i was thinking either your caravan's being raided by north wales police or jan uh which i'm hoping that's not the case i don't know whether you've uh, uh what else you were cooking on the barbecue so uh, jan what, any, um, i did pay for it <laughs> yeah you, you you've just had uh, pork rustlers uh please come and find you for uh, for the bacon um, Jan, any thoughts from you? Oh, it's it's so hard to feel positive actually if it, if you look up from from what you're doing day to day. I'm really positive about what we're doing in, at Sapphire, but it's pretty scary looking at the world at the moment, isn't it? Um, what, what's happening? But I think what I think take from it is from COVID which was so sad, but we, there were so many good things that came out of that as well in terms of like just looking at silver lining um, that people got together with their communities and tried to look after each other. And there was like lots of those WhatsApp groups that wanted to look after people that were alone. And um, and with Ukraine, there were all those people that wanted to take people into refugees into their own homes. And I'm just hoping that people will feel strong and that they can actually get up and do things for their own community. And that, that those are the kind of positive things that are kind of going to come out of this pretty scary well, times. I, I think to be honest, I, 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 and I, I think I said to you this a couple of weeks ago and I, I reflected on um, my time here uh, versus the, the my previous, however many donkey years it was in my career. Mm. And I've done more volunteering in the last uh, 14 months than I've done in the entire career before oh, that. You've right? been amazing. That's, that's because of you, but goes back to, um, when you see eight-year-old kids um, from a 
deprived, you know, w- within minutes of the shard, um, and you see the potential. They go back to squandering resources that that, that Helene, uh, Helene talked about. There is, I think, for me, that's the is not squandering, and in, in the nicest way, those resources, yeah. that enthusiasm, right? Those 16, 17 year olds, um, you know, when they came in. I think, I, I, and, and I think you're right. For, for me, that um, you know, I've done some time at the homeless uh, mm-hmm. shelter. Um, I think the um, the tea party we had for the the lonely club that came in was just phenomenal. Um, and I think for me that, as you said, right, if you look at the world and take it with a, oh my God, um, but you then look at it through the impact that you've you've had um, in terms of your role, not just in the UK, around the world. Um, I think there's there's more hope, you know, as long as we can navigate our way um, as, as, a, as, as a, the government can navigate themselves from imploding again. Um, I think as a society, um, there's a huge amount of, of hope. And I think for me to finish off that combination, Helene, between your your view of um, understanding the sustainability, giving power to companies to make the right choices, to to drive themselves forward because of the work that you're doing, and Jan, the the work that you do in helping society uh, in a way drive itself forward. I think you know that combination is is um, gives a huge amount. That's of hope, a lovely. I'm, I am having going to have to add something, and it's totally not me. It's absolutely everyone at Sapphire just getting up and doing their own thing, and and you included. Thank you very much. And I better just explain what faggoting is, just so that you know. <laughs> it's um, collecting twigs to shore up riverbanks, and perhaps that's, that's all brilliant. it's all about, isn't it? Just I am pretty sure things. everybody on the call didn't think anything different, Jan. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, can I? Yeah. So can I thank you? Um, uh, both for joining uh, this edition of uh, Tech and Waffle. Um, thank you for uh, everybody who's listened in and look forward to catching you again soon on Sapphire Tech and Waffle podcast. Thank you so Enjoy. much. Thank you both. Uh, thank you, uh, Janice and Helene, for joining me today. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find uh, Tech and Waffle on all of your favourite podcast sites and look forward to joining you again sometime in the near future. Thanks very much. Thank you.